everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Sports Kiki Podcast. This is episode number 141 here on this Saturday, November the 12th of 2022. My name, of course, is Alex Reamer, and you know the drill by now. You can find the show wherever you can find your favorite Outsports podcasts. We are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Download, listen, rate, subscribe. We appreciate it very much. Um, some big news for us at Outsports this week. That I'll announce at the top of the show for those of you who may not have visited the site the last couple days. Uh, this week, first of all, was Outsports' 23-year anniversary, which means that Outsports was conceived before the new millennium, if you can believe that. And you just think about how sports culture has changed, culture in general has changed from 1999 to 2022 uh, on so many things gay rights, LGBTQ rights, chief among them, it really is incredible. And though, as I mentioned, culture has changed, there's so much more widespread acceptance in the sports arena for LGBTQ people, which is great, but our mission today is still as vital as it was 23 years ago. Uh, There are new fights always on the horizon. There are new stories to tell, new uplifting stories to tell. And that is really the message that we wanted to get across with the new logo that we in Vox Media rolled out just a couple days ago. We feel this new logo, which is a sizable departure from our previous logo, Uh, Outsports is a bit more visible now, the actual words, and we think it really represents the uplifting nature of our work with a lot of arrows pointing upwards. So please check it out. And I, I think it is a logo that really encapsulates what we do here because, and I actually spoke to a college class this week about this, and yes, that was my way of maybe uh, sneakily mentioning that I gave a gave a lecture in a college course this week. Look at me. Um, and no one fell asleep, at least that I couldn't tell. I was on Zoom. I don't know. But, um, you know, as I said, we cover all sorts of LGBTQ sports issues and all the stories that intersect with that, but the coming out stories, I think, remain our bread and butter, and... Those stories in 2022 remain so powerful because visibility remains so powerful. And it's really about people out there who may not feel like there's anybody else like them. They read us. Oh, I want to work in sports. This gay person works in sports. Or I want to be an athlete and I'm trans. Oh, look, this trans person is doing what they want to do despite all the awful vitriol that's out there. Um, We want to lift people up and we do that by sharing other positive stories. So, yeah. Check it out. Happy to be part of the team and happy 23 years to sit in gym, our two founders. Um, So yeah, we'll start on an uplifting note this week because now we're going to quickly, well, not bring the energy down, but bring the mood down just a little bit, just for a minute or so. Uh, World Cup starts November 20th. That's next week, ladies and gentlemen. And well, Qatar, (laughs) one of their officials said this week that homosexuality is, quote, damage in the mind. And when I first came across this story a few days ago, I had to do a double take because I said, really? I mean, are we sure this isn't a parody that a Qatari official at this point now, just days before the World Cup, is quoted as saying that homosexuality is damage in the mind? Are we really doing that? And the answer is yes. Khalid Salman is a former Qatari soccer player and the nation's FIFA World Cup ambassador. (laughs) He said Monday in an interview with German broadcaster ZDF 
that homosexuality is, as I've said, damage in the mind. The most important thing is everybody will accept that they come here, but they will have to accept our rules, he said. Salman added he doesn't want children to learn, quote, something that is not good. <laughs> and then whoever was with uh, Khalid Salman quickly interjected, stopped the interview, and said something along the lines of, he's not best equipped to talk about the law. But are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, we've gotten vague assurances that LGBTQ people will be able to be themselves in public and not be afraid of being arrested and, uh, you know, physically assaulted, perhaps, and just feel in danger. We've been given vague assurances, but nothing concrete. We've had FIFA's head send out a letter to all 32 World Cup clubs telling them to downplay the political activism and the social justice issues and just focus on the soccer. No talking, all soccer. That's FIFA's message to its World Cup clubs. We had UK's foreign minister, James Cleverly, a few weeks ago advise gay soccer fans from the UK to tone it down, you know, tone down the gayness if they visit Qatar, which, by the way, is expected to welcome 1.5 million international visitors for the World Cup. And these are the kind of messages that FIFA officials and high-profile European officials as well, at least one UK's foreign secretary, uh, that's what they're sending. If you go to Qatar and you happen to be gay or LGBTQ, just tone it down. And now you have a Qatari official, their World Cup ambassador, saying just days before the event that homosexuality is, quote, damage in the mind. <laughs> if you're a gay fan, how could you feel comfortable going to Qatar and watching the World Cup? How could you feel comfortable? I know I wouldn't. And, uh, this World Cup ambassador, again, when I saw this headline the other day, I said, is this real? I mean, I have to do a double take, but no, this is actually a real quote that he said. Ay, ay, ay. Well, Sepp Blatter, though, this week, I did also want to mention this. Uh, Sepp Blatter, the, uh, I said last week, I think, he has like the classic super villain name, the old head of FIFA who presided over the corrupt process that awarded Qatar the 2022 World Cup. Well, he this week finally acknowledged in an interview with a Swiss newspaper that it was a mistake to choose Qatar. All right, well, 12 years too late to do anything about it. But hey, Sepp Blatter, welcome to the party. I guess better late than never. But before you go too crazy and laud Sepp Blatter for recognizing the grand mistake that FIFA made, why does he think Qatar was such a bad choice? Because it's a small nation. He said nothing about its atrocious human rights track record. He also said that he thinks it would have been great if Russia hosted the World Cup in 2018 and the U.S. hosted the World Cup this year in 2022, showing how the power of sports can bring nations together. Uh, yeah, so obviously LGBTQ rights. Still not a big concern of Mr. Sepp Blatter because he stands by the also corrupt decision, uh, at least from what we've read, uh, to award Russia the 2018 World Cup and uh, just totally ignorant of world events. Yeah, that, that, that really, I think, would have done a lot to solve geopolitical tensions if we had Russia and the U.S. host the World Cup back-to-back. -back. I mean, it did wonders uh, when China hosted the Winter Olympics last year, right? I mean, yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing nefarious has been going on over there since then. I mean, please, how ridiculous. Um, and speaking of Russia... A bad Britney Griner update this week. Uh, her appeal was denied a few weeks ago, and now it's reported that she's been moved, or agent confirmed it, uh, she's been moved to a Russian penal colony 
in an undisclosed location. Uh, yes, penal colony, Russian penal colony. It sounds completely medieval, and that's because it is. Uh, a Pussy Riot member was interviewed on NPR this week. Uh, Pussy Riot, of course, is the feminist uh, punk rock group that protested Vladimir Putin several years ago, and they were jailed and spent time in the Russian uh, penal colony system, formerly known as the Gulags. And this is what one of the members said Griner can expect. Of course, it has a bit better conditions than the original Gulag system from the 50s, but the sense is the same. It's a labor camp. For 100 women, there are like three toilets and no hot water. Bathing is a once-a-week occurrence. Most importantly, in Russian prison colonies, all prisoners must perform forced labor. So, wow. What a gruesome future for Brittany Griner. 100 women, three toilets, no hot water, forced labor. Can't even imagine what the food or lack thereof is. Uh, it's just, and, and it's really, you know, the White House released a statement this week, and it's it's just, it's really devastating. And I know that sounds like a broken record, because that's what we've been saying ever since the start of this, but her appeal is denied, and now she's in a penal colony. Really? Brittany Griner is now in a Russian penal colony. Uh, for what? Bringing such a small amount of, of like marijuana, a vape marijuana like residue. <laughs> I mean, again, who's to say that it was even hers? And such a small, small amount. And she's in the gulags at an undisclosed location for who knows how long. It's, it's a story that is really just unfathomable, is it not? You know, I can imagine myself in some situations, but that is one that I cannot. Man. All right, so let's bookend the show this week with two with a with a with some positive stories. So we started off with our new Outsports logo, and let's end with, uh, well, for people on one side of the political aisle, what was a surprisingly uh, good midterm. Yes, we performed well on our midterms. Congratulations, U.S. voters. No, uh, the Republicans, as of this recording, it looks like, could narrowly still win control of the House of Representatives, but the Senate still up for grabs, leaning Democrat at the moment. Democrats may actually even have control of the Senate before the Georgia runoffs next month, which would introduce a whole new dynamic to that race and make a certain sect of people, present company included, uh, breathe a lot more easily heading into that, but... You know, whenever you have an election result like this, and a surprising one in particular, there's a lot of hand-wringing. The party that doesn't do as well as it expects to do, the Republicans in this case, blame. They say, what went wrong? What did we do wrong? And the one takeaway that I have for our purposes, and I say for our purposes because we talk about this issue and write about this issue all in time, the transgender scare tactics that you hear from the right and the transgender sports bans that they've been championing for the last couple of years and this year in particular, all of that rhetoric has just been ratcheted up more and more. Anti-LGBTQ scare tactics, grooming, it's really reached a fever pitch. And for many candidates, this was one of the top issues in deep red states, mid didn't matter where. If you were a Republican candidate, you were likely banging this anti-trans drum. It became a huge calling card. 
and it's been a calling card for years. And the fact of the matter is, the results on Tuesday's show, the people are not buying it. They're not afraid. They're not afraid of transgender kids. They're not afraid of transgender athletes playing with their kids. They're not afraid at all. Think of it. Republicans made this, in many cases, a top issue, and they did not perform well on Tuesday. Uh, you had litter box stories, right? I mean, we had, we had a New Hampshire Senate candidate, New Hampshire, right? You know, in New England, their Republican Senate candidate talked about kids using litter boxes to go to bathroom. Like, really? Really? And th- that is what a Republican Senate candidate was campaigning on in New Hampshire. And none of that crap worked. People just didn't buy it. People just don't buy it because people, actual people, not just these meme monsters who live online, no, actual real people have real issues to worry about. And issues they're not worried about are transgender kids. Now, of course, there are true debates we can have on trans inclusion in sports. How far should that go, especially at the Olympic or professional level, collegiate level? You know, we can do all of that, but it can be done respectfully. It can be done without the scare tactics. And maybe, just maybe, though I'm not optimistic, but maybe, just maybe, the results on Tuesday will serve as a wake-up call and people will say, hmm, You know, there really isn't much of an appetite for this on a mainstream level. So maybe we can dial down the the rancor a little bit. Maybe we can dial down the vitriol. Again, I'm not counting on it, but again, transgender, scare tactics, a huge part of the Republican Party platform, especially transgender girls competing in sports over the last year plus in the lead up to these midterms, and it flopped spectacularly on Tuesday. So there's some good news to close out the show. Thank you as always for listening. Sports Kiki Podcast, episode 141. As always, if you want to get in touch with me, the best way to do that is via Twitter. Hit me up there. At AlexRumor1 is my username. That again is at AlexRumor1. So long, and we'll talk to you next Friday.